I always felt like my life was a mistake and sometimes I wish I was never born. But I lived trying to please others and it got me nowhere and I nearly took my own life. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about self-hatred and how it can be cultivated in anyone's life. Self-hatred is usually present when there's low self-esteem in a person and can lead to very destructive behaviors. It's a problem that psychologists and psychiatrists everywhere spend a lot of time trying to solve in their patients. But not only those seeking help need help. We can all go through times of self-loathing, and it's good to understand where those feelings are coming from and how to overcome those feelings. Today, we're going to learn more about that in Susie Yelvington's testimony. She grew up with very low self-esteem due to key incidents in her upbringing that spiraled out of control into her adulthood, where she nearly took her own life. Let's learn more about this subject through her life. Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Susie, now I know you, you're an incredibly strong woman of God today. And I can't believe you are the same person as before, where you really struggled with self-hatred and self-loathing, where your life before Christ was pretty crazy, I understand. Tell us, what was the first time you started feeling hatred of yourself? When I was very young, I had a strong self-hatred only because my mother would point things out about my personality and just tell me, I wish you were never born. Oh my gosh. I know, I couldn't understand that as being a young child. You know, your mother is supposed to nurture you or help you see the world out of loving eyes. But no, no, she pointed out things only because she had to get married at a very young age and she felt like I ruined her life. So basically, your parents got pregnant out of wedlock. And now she's like, I got to get married by probably her own beliefs or structure that she felt like she needed to do. Did she just say it once or did she really regret this like several times as saying these types of things? It probably wouldn't have been so damaging if she said it one time. But since she said it all the time, no matter what incident came up where she felt short in doing something, she always had to point that out to me, like blaming me for her life not being happy. Wow. When something went wrong, the blame went to you. Is that right as a child? Like, what does that do to a child? How did you feel inside when that was happening? Well, of course, I felt like I was never wanted. And then at times, I felt like I wish I was never born, especially to her. I always dreamed about having different parents, even though they were very loving. Behind closed doors, she just could not handle the fact that she felt like her life was ruined. Mm, No, that's horrible. So... You grew up not liking yourself. Now, I understand you try to compensate for that self-hatred by being a really good girl. And you would often cook for your father dinner while your mother was trying to recoup her missing childhood. Tell us, what do you mean about that? When we were real young, like in grade school, we would come home on a Friday night and she would be getting ready very early to go out with a whole group of friends because she thought she missed her childhood growing up. So she would absolutely say, you are in charge 
and I was only like in third or fourth grade. Oh, gosh. You are in charge and taking care of the house, you know, feeding your father dinner when he gets home from work and make sure everything's cleaned up before I get back in the evening. What? Yeah, I felt very responsible for like feeding my father. I listened to his stories over and over again on Friday night because I felt sorry for him. It was just very damaging to your soul as a young person. Even being a good girl, though. Honestly, if you were to look at it, it's like, wow, what a great kid. She's in third, fourth grade, cooking dinner for her father. While her mother's to recoup her childhood, basically partying and kind of hanging out with the other girls, right? Well, really, the dinner was prepared. She would cook the dinner. It was my responsibility to serve it. But see, that's how people-pleasing starts. When young children are damaged and they want to please their parents so they can be liked, people-pleasing is not a good thing. That's where self-hatred comes from. You know, I know about that, and I could see how you felt rejected when you felt all of that blame on you. You felt rejected by your mom. And so you try to compensate. You try to do the opposite. And oftentimes, there's people right now who are listening, and they're like, gosh, you know, I'm always trying to compensate for that. I want to be a good person. But it's like, why? Why are we trying to earn that acceptance? But it's because maybe the acceptance wasn't given when we were very younger. I understand there's a moment that you wanted to kill yourself when you were 16. What happened? Well, again... It was on a Friday night where she had gone out and I was serving dinner to my dad. I had a boyfriend at the time and I didn't realize it that I attracted someone just like my mother. I attracted the same thought process, the same mindset of someone who didn't accept you, who rejected you. And that's all I did was try to people please to get his attention. So I made a wonderful lunch for him to take to work. And when we were in the driveway, we started arguing and he threw the bag and hit me in the head with a lunch that I just prepared for him. So when I went back in the house, I just said, you know what? Who wants to live? I don't. I don't have my mother's love or acceptance. And now I have a boyfriend who's just like her. So I decided to try to take my own life with pills and alcohol. Now, I understand during this time you were kind of playing out is almost like a little bit, not like revenge, but kind of like this thought pattern you had, like, I can't wait till my mom finds me so that she can realize what she had done. That's right. I did. What was going through your mind in that moment? Can you explain that a little bit more? I was thinking to pay her back for not accepting me as a child and for always making me feel strong self-hatred and strong rejection. I figured, I hope she's the first one that finds me when I'm dead. And I hope she has remorse for not treating me as you know her child. Right. Like maybe one day she would realize that she had done wrong. Yes. You're hoping that if they find you dead, that they know they've done wrong by speaking damaging words. I understand as you got older, you tried to be a great woman. You tried to be a great wife. Tell me about your first marriage, how you married someone who took your love, your good works, and then just walked all over it. Well, I figured, again, by people pleasing, by doing everything right, that you would capture and gain the attention of a husband for his wife. Well, of course, it backfired. Nothing worked. So after we had very strong issues of resentment and rejection and abandonment feelings, I tried to take my life again. I understand you did everything right. Like you were a virgin when you got married. Yes. You were working, bringing money home to your husband. You were cooking, cleaning, doing everything you can to be this great wife, but it was just never enough. And he ended up being quite abusive to you. Describe that abuse a little bit. If I dressed up and looked too good, that means I was trying to 
capture someone else's attention. So I had to dress it down according to what he thought. And then if I cooked wonderful meals, there was always something wrong with it. Everything was a negative mindset to something positive that I did for him to keep his attention. It always backfired on me. People pleasing syndrome. It doesn't work. But I understand it got like physical too. And like you were called all types of things. Oh, yes. I was called probably every bad name you could call a woman. So you take that to heart and then you start to think that's what you are, even though you know you're not. Yeah. Give me an example. Like what kind of things were you called? Oh, like a slut, a whore. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. Well, they do that to intimidate you, to keep you in bondage. And you don't know how to get out of it. It's a spiral and you can't find your way out of it. It just gets deeper. So for me, at that point in my life, I always thought of ending my life because I was completely unhappy, felt very depressed, felt very more self-hatred than ever. And it's the self-hatred that makes you hate yourself to the point, well, I'm just going to end my life. Wow. Let's stop here. I understand things got much worse. And eventually that first marriage ended up in divorce. Susie, thanks so much for helping us trace the roots of your past self-hatred. And we're excited to learn more how you overcame this difficult upbringing. We're looking forward to hearing more from you, Susie. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. I have some thoughts about self-hatred I need to share with you right after the short break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com, and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We want to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I think many can relate to this idea that Susie's talking about. The fact that she grew up with everyone thinking she was like this good girl, the girl who had it all together, but deep inside, she hated herself. She had self-hatred. Self-hatred is having feelings of inadequacy, guilt, or low self-esteem. Psychologists tell us that self-hatred can come up from a myriad of different things. It can come up from abusive parents, a lack of parenting, where a person grows with very low self-esteem. It can come from perfectionism, where a person is always striving for perfection and is left with always being disappointed in themselves, always criticizing themselves and overlooking their own strengths, and just always feeling unworthy and simply not good enough. Little did Susie know, but harboring self-hatred attracted those who would take advantage of her. She would find herself trying to gain approval from those who didn't truly love her. Is it possible to try so hard to make everyone love you, yet at the same time, hate yourself? This is a reality that Susie was living in every day. To me, hating yourself is an emotion that I can identify with. I remember growing up whenever I made certain mistakes, I sometimes couldn't forgive myself of that mistake. It was like the mistake was becoming my identity. And then one day I realized that I'm not good enough. I can't be good enough to make it in life. I can't be good enough for everyone to like me. 
it kind of became depressing. But what does the Bible reveal about this? How to deal with self-hatred? The Bible says that no one is truly good enough. It's written in Romans chapter 3, 10 through 18. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They've altogether become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. You see, this is our natural disposition. That because no one naturally seeks God, we've all sinned. We all haven't been able to be good enough. And my friend, if you don't feel good enough, it's okay. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that your insufficiency will be made sufficient by His blood. Lord Jesus, we receive you, Lord Jesus, into our lives, asking you, Lord God, by your blood to cover our sins, to forgive us of our sins, and help us in our weaknesses. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.